Welcome to Cooking the Books. I'm Frances Cook. Wages have just gone up by the highest percentage since March 2009. That's according to the latest figures from StatsNZ, which show that wages went up 3% for the quarter ending March 2022. For the year to March, wages shot up 4.8%. So far, so good, right? I like people getting a pay rise. I think we all should. So why aren't I happier? Well, because in real terms, we've all still gone backwards. Inflation over that year was up 6.9%, which means that if you're the average person, your pay packet went up 4.8%, but the cost of all your basic necessities went up 6.9%. So you've got less in your wallet than before. And if you're one of the unlucky ones who hasn't secured a pay rise yet, well, you're really feeling the pinch. The problem is that inflation and wages are linked as well. We've already started to see people popping up to say that if people keep asking for a pay rise, it will push inflation even higher and we'll all actually end up worse off. So is that true? How do you survive when life is getting more expensive by the minute? And can the little guy ever catch a break? Just a note before we dive in, this podcast can only give you general information about how things work in most cases. We're all different, so some of this might not apply to your specific situation. Take what works for you, ignore the rest. If you're after individual financial advice, a financial advisor is always the best bet. I'm joined now by Shamabil Yakob, economist for Sense Partners. Now, we've recently had wage figures out. And the headline was that wages were soaring. The fine print was that inflation was still higher than wage growth. So in real terms, how does all of that work? And are people actually going backwards? What's going on? What's going on is over the last year or so, we've seen this big increase in living costs. And you know we've all experienced it, right? When you've been to the supermarket, your rent, um, your, your fuel bills, all of these things have gone up a lot. And so the cost of living has gone up by over 6%, whereas the average kind of increase in wages has been more like three. So, you know, there's this kind of this big divergence between the kinds of wage increases that we're seeing and the kinds of living cost increases that we're seeing. So what sort of factors are influencing all of that? What are the big things in the mix? So from the, the cost of living side, you know, like I said before, it's really that food, fuel, and rents that and housing costs it's those kinds of things that are really driving up the cost of living but it is more things that are starting to become more expensive and i think again most of us would have seen the would have experienced it but we're seeing that in the statistics now in terms of the labor market it was a funny kind of environment right uh, 2020 was very unusual we had the pandemic everybody was very cautious and so even though we had you know, the wage subsidies from the government, we had a lot of uncertainty about whether businesses would survive, whether job losses would be big. So we didn't see a lot of wage increases in 2020. In 2021, we saw the economy actually was okay, that we didn't have massive job losses. In fact, we started to grow jobs, unemployment fell, and wages slowly started to increase. But they didn't make up for that lack of wage increases in 2020 when everybody was being cautious. And now, if you look at the first kind of three months of this year, we're seeing wage increases really starting to pick up. And a lot of that is still catching up. So, you know, when you hear in the media that wages are increasing, that's the context. 
But quite often, when we talk about wage inflation, we come at it from the Reserve Bank perspective. The Reserve Bank tells us that wages are rising and will rise further, so we're going to raise interest rates. And why do they say that? Well, they say that because wages are a pretty big part of running a business. So if you think about, you know, when you buy something, if somebody's labor went into it and they might have bought some materials to also make the product or sell you the service. And so when wages go up, that increases the cost of doing business. And that generally leads to increases in prices too. So it creates this kind of this feedback loop that if living costs increase, then wages increase. And then in time, that increases prices even further. So that's when things kind of turn into this cycle. We're not there yet, but that's the fear. Yeah, because I was going to say, I've started to see some commentary around that, that people are starting to say that that could happen. And I mean... The issue is, of course, you know, inflation starts going up, your cost of living is getting more expensive. So, of course, a lot of people start to look for a higher paying job in order to keep paying their bills or they ask for a pay rise. But like you say, if a lot of people get pay rise, then it can increase inflation and increase the cost of business. Businesses pass it on to customers. It's this feedback loop that I kind of find it confusing because how is the average worker supposed to catch a break when you're caught in that sort of feedback loop? How does it work? There are some distinctions here, right? So when the cost of necessities goes up, it acts as a tax. So actually, um, it's very hard for us to escape these big increases in prices, right? So for example, when the cost of your food goes up, you know, you might be able to trade down from wattis to pams, but that's about it, right? Until you start cutting out vegetables or meat or whatever. But that has a really detrimental impact on your diet, on your mental health, on your family, all those things. So those big increases in the cost of necessities, uh, in my mind at least, those are taxes on people. So it reduces the spending that we might have on other things. And so that's actually negative for the economy in the sense that, you know, imagine we just spent an extra $100 on, on the, at the supermarket that means that's $100 less that we might spend on other things like takeouts or going to the movies or whatever else. So there is actually quite a big impact on the economy when the type of inflation we're seeing are things we can't escape. The reason I'm telling you this is because when the Reserve Bank tries to manage the economy, it doesn't try and manage the cost of necessities because it doesn't have a strong link to it. What it's trying to do is stop you being so confident, so loose with your money, you know, spreading the cash around, just buying whatever. And so it's the discretionary part of your savings, uh, spending that they're really concerned about. The way to think about it is there are two types of inflation. There is a cost push inflation and there is a demand pull inflation. So the cost push is like we're seeing now, you know, global prices of food has gone up, global prices of fuel has gone up, hence our prices have also gone up. We can't do much by, you know, saying, oh, you know, Francis, you're being a bad person by spending too much money. That's why prices are going up. Well, that's not true. So we wouldn't try to solve that. The Reserve Bank is really designed for what we call the demand pool, that, you know, we are so confident that we're spending lots of money. The hard thing right now is we've got both of those types of inflation going. We've got the cost push, and a little bit of the demand pull. And so that's probably what we, a lot, bit of the confusion is. And part of the reason why many of us will be finding that our incomes are not keeping up. And so when you talk about how do we catch a break, the answer is we have to ask for those wage increases because our cost of living really has gone up. Particularly for our low income households, there is no place to hide. 
right? If you're a rich person, quite often a lot of your spending will be, you know, it's the watties rather than the pens or going out or whatever. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff that's built into your life when you've got cushion. But for low-income households, quite often the margin is very small. And when everything is going up, those necessities are going up, it's actually really punishing. I would expect a lot more pressure for wages to increase, particularly at the, I guess, the, for the lower income jobs and lower income households, because they're really desperately needed. And they can ask for those wage increases because there are just, there's just so few workers out there who are available for jobs. So the unemployment rate is extraordinarily low. Uh, we've got very few, what you might call spare people that are just floating around looking for work, right? So there is intense competition for workers. So I think we are in this kind of funny environment where we are going to see this, but it also is going to mean the Reserve Bank is going to keep increasing interest rates and it's going to be a messy year. Yeah, that is the impression as I talk to more and more people on all sorts of fronts that this year is just going to be a little bit of one to buckle up on. And for listeners, I mean, do stay tuned. I've got some stuff coming on how to prepare and buckle in, I guess, for that. But um, as you say, you know, on those wage increases. I mean, I feel like people have been holding out for a wage increase for a long time. I mean, the figures that we've seen, the most recent ones from StatsNZ show the general trend over the last 10 years. Wages did go up by more than inflation. And yet I still feel like in that time, I've heard from so many industries people saying wages are flat, that they just can't catch a break. And then now, of course, we're hitting this time when living costs are going up so much that people really, really do need to catch a break and get a pay rise. So what's going on there? Is there a difference by industry? Is there a difference by things like what's called skilled or unskilled work? You know, why why am I hearing these different stories? Well, because I think that is the lived reality. So when we're looking at the statistics, um, these are averages of New Zealand, right? Now, none of us are average. We're all unique, right? We, we have our own lives, own industries, own locations. We live different lives in terms of what we buy, what we spend our money on. So when we see those inflation rates, your inflation rate might actually be very different because the things that you buy might be going up in cost more. And quite often, I kind of split things up between, like I said before, you know, things like necessities versus the discretionaries versus kind of like you know, home owning costs versus renting costs. So there, there are lots of different ways that cost increases affect us as individuals. And so those, that average is kind of a tendency of what's going on rather than the reality of what's happening to you. So that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is really around, there has been a big divergence in terms of wage increases by different industries and locations. So there are many parts of New Zealand, either by industry or location, where wage increases have been very modest. Um, and there are lots of reasons for it, right? It's because we had um, not very strong growth in jobs. We actually had very strong immigration. So there were lots of workers that were available um, or because businesses were finding it really hard to increase prices because we got so used to the constant sale after the global financial crisis that they couldn't, they couldn't feel like they could raise prices. And so if you didn't raise prices, then you can't pay higher wages. So you get stuck in this little trap. So all these different things culminated into this kind of this weird, almost a lost decade, when what we saw was this fairly flat performance in terms of both the economy, it was growing, but not super fast. Um, and the result for, I think, the individuals and families was that the 
incomes didn't feel like they were really going up relative to what they wanted to do. That is interesting stuff. And with um, obviously borders are starting to reopen again, immigration might become more of a thing again. I mean, I I always feel like all of this has to be couched in the most uncertain terms because nobody knows what's coming at the moment. Um, But yeah, borders are starting to reopen, immigration maybe. At the moment, I feel like now is the most ideal conditions for anyone to be asking for a pay rise with with unemployment so low. Businesses are really fighting for staff. You know, now is, I feel, the best time to ask for a pay rise. Do we have any sort of projection on how long these conditions might last for? You know, how much do you need to hurry up and ask for that raise? Well, you know, it's as good a time as any, is what I'll say. Uh, do it before things slow down or people get more fearful, right? So if you have an opportunity, ask for the pay rise because you know what? You've been waiting long enough and cost of living has gone up and it's as good a time as any. Um, a couple of distinctions. So the borders are opening, but that's for tourism. The borders are not necessarily opening for immigrants and overseas workers. So there is an immigration rebalance that's currently underway and it's not clear yet where that's gonna go. In fact, I think the labor shortages will get much worse over the course of the next year because so many young New Zealanders haven't left for the OE or to go and work in Aussie or UK or the US, whatever. That hasn't happened for a couple of years. So there is literally tens of thousands of New Zealanders who want to go. And I think that is going to create a real worsening in that shortage of labor that we're already experiencing. So I think conditions are actually going to get much tighter in terms of availability of workers. Um, The big uncertainty now is, you know, we've got rising interest rates, which tends to kind of slow the economy. We've got, you know, people are not that optimistic. We're actually, as a country, both consumers and businesses are pretty pessimistic right now. And it's partly because, you know, it's kind of depressing when you turn on the TV, right? There's war in Ukraine, oil prices have gone up, interest rates are going up. All these stories are kind of like telling us, well, something something has changed. It's not just about COVID anymore. It's about we're going back to reality, but that reality is not what we had pre the pandemic. So there is a a level of uncertainty out there that I think... um, makes it a little bit difficult to know exactly how much power we will have as workers. And that's why I was saying right at the beginning that, you know, if you have an opportunity to ask for a wage increase, it's a good time to get it. Because right now we know that cost of living is going up. Everybody accepts it. We know that there is a labor shortage. Everybody accepts it. Use that to negotiate higher wages. Um, My preference personally would be to stay in the job you are if you can because you know there is always the last and first up problem if you change jobs and things do turn for whatever reason yes okay so in in terms of the if you do end up going to a new job and things take a bit of a turn for the worse on the business front they need to lose staff that often the last person to be hired might be the first you made redundant yep this is we've seen this so many times right i think you know we've all experienced restructurings in businesses and Businesses understand at the moment that retaining staff who understand the business, the culture of the business and each other, there is real value in retaining those people. So if you can get that wage increase without having to shift, so maintaining that goodwill, you know, all of that kind of stuff does give you a stronger place to kind of negotiate from as and when the economy does, as and when the economy changes. So you know, it's not like things are falling apart. It's not like we should be panicking. There is not necessarily a recession on the on the horizon. 
you know, there is, you should always keep that in the back of your mind. What are you trying to achieve? And yes, wage increases are important, but so are knowing your colleagues, working in a good environment, and all those other things are actually really important because we spend so much of our life at work. Oh, absolutely. I was just talking to someone about that the other day where you spend more time at work than you often do with your spouse. You know, you, you would hope that you don't hate your co-workers. And if you don't, that is that is a really good thing. And also just a note before we go on to the next thing I want to ask you about is, you know, for anyone who's listening to this and is thinking, well, I would love to have a productive conversation I'm scared to, I always recommend the gratitude sandwich for those conversations about a pay rise. You know, good thing, make your request good thing. So love working here. Really great to be part of the team. Living costs have gone up. Is it okay? Could we talk about a raise? Really hopeful that we can come to um, an agreement that works for both of us. And you know, that's a really nice positive way to do it. Just a bit of a script there for people. Absolutely. And I think that's really nice. And the thing is, you asking for a wage increase is not some kind of, you know, attack on the business at all. It's a reflection of what's happening to you, but also it's a reflection of the fact that for most businesses, that inflation means they're raising their prices too. So they have an ability to pay you more. So it, it, it does go in, on both sides of the ledger. And um, you mentioned before about, you know, we, we talk about these average figures. And I think that's a really good one to talk about. You know, do we have any idea of which industries are doing the best or which ones might be most willing to give a raise? Do we have any numbers on that? We do. So, you know, Statistics New Zealand does a really great job of breaking it down by industries and occupations. So you can go and have a look at all of that. And so, you know, as you'd expect, the industries that are experiencing very strong growth in demand are seeing the biggest increases in wages. Construction is a good example. The construction sector is just booming right now. So, you know, in the last 12 months, we consented something like 50,000 homes. We've never done that in the history of New Zealand. Mm. So, you know, just to give you a sense that this is unprecedented. So wages are rising pretty fast in the construction industry. Um, so the challenge, of course, is that when things are increasing really fast, there's always the risk that things also slow down really fast. These risks kind of build as things get really fast. But so look, across the economy, what we're seeing is um, the real weak points are in industries like accommodation, which had been really hit by the slowdown in international tourism. But that is going to pick up really strongly in the next 12 months, because as the borders open, we're going to have this incredible need for people who work in accommodation and hospitality, who lost their jobs during the pandemic. So we're going to see this big return and this big logjam that's only going to be cleared if those industries are willing to pay high wages. Yeah, I've got to say, I remember having a chat with someone about taking a job as a waiter. That used to be considered a really highly skilled job. I, As someone who has worked in cafes and restaurants, I would say it should be considered a skilled job. It's hard work. Um, and yet now it's just standard minimum wage work. So I think if those people can get a raise, I would be so excited for them. Personally, I would never work in a cafe again. That's far too much like hard work for my liking but you know over the next sort of 12 months because we're, we're running up on time here but over the next sort of 12 months what sort of things do you think could be an indicator of health in the economy and and what what is going to end up impacting on the average worker and um, their hopes for getting a good job a fair wage highlights lowlights what are you looking at so the main thing i look at is actually how many jobs are out there 
And the reason I look at that is because that's the most real tangible way you and I experience the real economy. We get a job and if the economy is strong, we get paid more for it and we get to do more. So the labor markets, the meeting point between the economy as we talk about it and everybody, you know, the everyday person. And so that's really what I'm looking at. So the kinds of things I'm looking at are how many job ads are there? Are there lots more jobs that are being advertised in my industry or in my region? So I look at that really closely because I'm a geek. I love that stuff. Um, but also, I think most people can do that because if you're looking for a job, you get a sense of are there 30 vacancies in my region or 10? So when there are lots of vacancies, you know that things are looking really good. Um, the other thing I look at is just the general conditions in the economy. You know. Are we seeing businesses being more confident? Are we seeing consumers being more confident? Because when we are all feeling good, we are spending more, hiring more, investing more. When we're not feeling very confident, we all kind of go, oh, we'll sit in our hands for a little bit. We probably won't go and buy that thing. We probably won't drive to the um, to the you know to the cafe today. So that kind of that's really what slows things down. So that's really what I'm looking for right now. I don't think it's particularly special, um, but for most people, you don't need to look at lots of different things. You really need to focus on those few things that I think will give you a real feel for is your industry and in the in your location is that doing well or not that's probably enough to get a get a sense of how things are going fascinating stuff and some really good usable tips for people there thank you so much that's shamabiel yakob from sense partners now if you have more questions about this or any other money topic do come and talk to me about it we got as many of your questions into this episode as we could and so i will always try to include them in future podcast episodes you can find me on facebook instagram and tiktok as francis cook nz don't forget to subscribe to cooking the books so that you never miss an episode where everywhere you find podcasts including iHeartRadio, apple and spotify until next time have a great day